But I'd just like to introduce Pastor Tanya and Matt as they are getting ready to come up here. Uh, they are going to share their story with us today, and it's so inspiring. Now, if you're a guest here and you're, this isn't your church, try to listen for something that might be applicable, uh, applicable for your own life today. Uh, this is a bit of a celebration for our church, but we are so very grateful that they have come. And so I'm just going to turn it over to Matt and Tanya Jansen. Yay! Good morning, church family. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. We are so excited to be with you this morning. We've been looking forward to this day for a very long time. And this morning, I want you to imagine that you're actually in our living room with us. Because this morning we want to have kind of a family moment. We want to share with you what, our, what God has done in our lives. And our goal this morning is that he would be glorified. Uh, that you would be encouraged and inspired as we share our story with you this morning. It's not actually about us. It's about the kingdom of God. And the story also is not even about us. It's actually about you. Because, because of your faithfulness, because you have come faithfully and served God and joined together as a family, we're here today. It's pretty awesome. And we're so grateful for all of you. And so um, a big idea this morning is that God is writing a story about our lives. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is our God. And that he is writing life. When we begin to live it out and it just becomes redundant and we do the same thing every day, it becomes hard to understand that there's a bigger thing going on. That if we zoom out and we see uh, the, the bigger picture, we can begin to recognize and understand that God is writing a story with our lives. And it's a story that joins in with thousands and millions of other stories that tells the story of God's redemptive plan for uh, this world and for our lives. And this morning, we hope that our story is encouraging to you. So Tanya, I'm going to pray. And then Tiny's going to start. We're going to tell it together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place. God, thank you so much that you're here with us now. Thank you, God, that, um, Lord, that you're here. And we just pray this morning that you would be glorified in everything that's done, Lord God. You'd be glorified through every song. You'd be glorified through every word, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that we would encounter you this morning as we hear your word, God, as we hear these stories this morning, Lord God. And uh, we just pray that we would be encouraged, God, that not one person would leave here the same, but, God, that we would all be changed. We ask it now in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. So we're going to take you back to when, but we'll go quickly, we promise. I know it's like time is ticking, so we'll go through this really quickly. But uh, when we met in, I don't know, it's 2002, I think, and um, at Southgate Church, at our old church, and when we were dating and then into our engagement season, we always, well, first of all, personally, we were always serving in ministry, even before we met each other. And then dating, we were on worship team together, and we were doing things in young adults, leading, and um, and then when we were engaged, we were talked about what is it that God wants for us as a couple? What is it that, where is he, you know, leading us and directing us in ministry? And we couldn't quite define it or articulate it, or it just couldn't, we couldn't decide exactly what exactly it might look like, but we knew that we were called to ministry and that we were just going to serve um, the king, like serve the Lord, building the kingdom of God, and that was going to be our life together. And that was our we we're just going to be committed to that. Raise a family in the church. And uh, so that is what we did. And so about 12 years ago, um, that took on a new form. I was in real estate at the time, and we felt like God was calling us to full-time vocational ministry. And so we approached our church about taking over a program at the church called the Internship Program. 
And it was a leadership development program for 18 to 30-year-olds. And so uh, we came on staff full-time. Uh, I quit real estate, and we came on staff full-time, and it was an incredible three years. Um, we were able to build the program up every year. Um, we were able to take these kids to um, uh, Ottawa. We took them to Peru. We took them to Jamaica. Uh, it was an incredible time, and just spend time with them, pour into them. It was amazing for us as well to be able to do that, and we really felt like that was it. We kind of felt like, okay, this is it. We're set. We're in the ministry. This is what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. But at the end of three years, uh, we didn't have enough students to run the program. And so Southgate Church had to make a tough decision, and we had to make a tough decision, and that was to shut it down. And at that time, you can imagine, we had this thought in our mind that this was it. This is what we were going to do. This is our passion. This is our heart. We had these amazing interns that we had raised, helped to raise up, and, uh, but now it was over, and it was done. And so what were we going to do? And I remember we were sitting in our living room uh, one night, and we were talking, and we were having this conversation. You know, well, we know we're called to the ministry. We know that we're called to seek God. What does this look like? What does this actually mean for us? And one of us said, hey, do you think that we would ever pastor at a church? And the other one, I think it was probably Tanya, said, no, I doubt that. (laughs) We don't want to go there. We've seen what that entails. And so, you know what, I'll tell you what, if the Lord tells us directly, unless the Lord, you know, writes it in the stars and sends an angel to speak to us and tells us to pastor church, that's probably not going to happen. But if God tells us to do it, we'll do it. So fast forward two days, two days. We had a, a minister up preaching and speaking on leadership. His name was Bob McGregor. And uh, he's a great man of God in, in MFI in our, in our church circles. And he was up speaking, and he's a wonderful teacher. And he was doing a, an amazing teaching on leadership. And so we sat through this t- teaching on leadership, and there's nothing like crazy going on. There's no music playing. But he finishes his, his, his sermon, and he goes, okay, I got to do something. He says, the Lord put this on my heart, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this. But he says, you guys, and we're sitting right there, stand up. So we stand up. Kind of, okay, here we go. And he says, the Lord wants me to nail this down for you. You will pastor a church someday. And you will have your own work. Right? And we're like, oh my word. We're like bawling, looking at each other. This is crazy. Now, here's the thing. You don't build your life on a prophetic word. Okay, you don't do that. But what you do is you take the prophetic word to help give you a direction that God wants to move you. And then you use wisdom. You use the people around you to speak into your life. And it was confirmed by our pastors. It was confirmed by our family. It was confirmed by everybody around us. They said, yes, that's the word of the Lord for you. And then the fact that it was two days earlier that we had had that conversation and God specifically said, I want to nail this down for you. This is what will happen was amazing for us. So what that did is it allowed us to orient our lives in a direction. And part of the word was this. You're going to be faithful at Southgate. You're going to serve. You're going to, you're going to be a, a instrumental in helping Southgate go to the next level. And when the timing's right, everybody's going to be on board. Everybody's going to be excited about this. And so what that did is it allowed us to orient our lives in that direction. And so I did a bunch of stuff in the meantime. I mean, I, I did all cr- sorts of crazy jobs. I'm, I'm back in real estate again. But everything that I did was aimed towards this call that God had put in our lives. And we were tied to it. And it was tied to us. And what we did is we, um, we strongly believed that we weren't going to just sit and wait. And just like, oh, he's spoken this word. We're going to 
wait around. And so we just kept moving. We're like, we're just going to keep moving and pursuing the Lord. And when opportunities come, when invitations come, we're going to pray about them. We're going to seek God and we're not going to dismiss anything unless the Lord, and then let the Lord shut the doors. That was our active for five years after that. We just were, um, and there were uh, job opportunities in that five years. There were invitations coming from different places, and we just would pray, and it wouldn't right, doors would close, and um, we also um, started praying about doing a church plant out of Southgate. And with our pastors, we brought it to the elders at Southgate, and we were praying into that for a season and just asking the Lord. And the church actually sent us to a church planning conference in California. And this was all happening. And in that season, though, it just every door would shut, or it just felt like it's not right, it's not time, there's not peace. And we also very we strongly believe you only fall, go where the peace is, right, where the peace of God is. And so we would just we just kept you know, serving the Lord faithfully at Southgate, loving every minute of it, and just doors would close. We weren't upset by it, but we're just like, okay, that's not right. That's not right. And then there was a season about four-ish years ago and where we just really felt strongly as a couple that, like, the doors are closed. And what God wanted us to do is for Matt to go back into real estate. And, um, and so that was four years ago. And for us just to faithfully, which we already were doing, but just continue to faithfully serve at Southgate. And um, we became elders there in that season and just loving every moment of it um, and committing ourselves to whatever he had for us at the time. We led life groups. We, um, I was a worship pastor there. We were in worship tons. And um, there was still a restlessness underneath but especially probably more for Matt than for me because I was I was I enjoyed what we were doing and stuff like that. But I knew that there was a different call. I knew that. But um, we were happily serving the Lord, loving every moment moment of it. And uh, but that's just we just knew that we just needed at that point wait. So we weren't pushing any doors. We were we were just waiting on God. And I would remind him so many times. I'm like God said we just wait. We just wait. Just remember what He said. And uh, even though real estate may not feel like exactly what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it would happen so, all the time where I'd get frustrated, and then the Lord would like send a prophet to us and say, "Listen to your wife." It is true. And, and it would be like, and Tony would be like, "No, not yet. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting." So, fast forward last December, okay, December two thousand eighteen, and um, two thousand, yeah, okay. Like she is like, uh, you know, the Griswolds on steroids. She's amazing. She's just uh, if you know the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I don't recommend it from the pulpit. Just so we're clear. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Um, so, so anyways, so he's just amazing. And, but the thing is with Christmas around our house, it's also a little bit stressful as well, because for the past, I don't know, 15 years, Tanya has been in charge of this massive Christmas Eve service, um, this production at our church. And it, you know, we gather probably 500 people or plus that, that come out on this Christmas Eve service. And so there's a lot of pressure um, throughout that Christmas season. In the meantime, she's doing like the most amazing job of presenting Christmas to our kids. I mean, everything's intentional. Um, we've got Christmas everywhere. Like everything's about Christmas. Every day, she does like a Christmas activity for the kids and like prepares it as an advent for the, the you know, for the 25th. And so in the midst of all this, um, I met with Pastor Mike for, for breakfast. And we sat down for breakfast right before Christmas, um, probably it would have been November, December, and we had breakfast together, and um, we'd had a few conversations in the past about opportunities at Life Church, and again, as much as we wanted to, God would just said no, he just said wait, be faithful, serve. So we sat with Pastor Mike, I sat with him for breakfast, and he slips this piece of paper across the table, 
And he says, hey, Matt, he says, we've got these job descriptions, these roles that we're trying to fill at Life Church, And we know that you guys are totally settled and good at, 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 at Southgate. But would you happen to know anybody that might be interested in looking at one of these roles? And I said, yeah, you know what, Pastor Mike, I'll take that and we'll pray about it. and We'll talk to some people. And if we know anybody, I'll certainly let you know. And that was it. And so I bring this piece of paper home and I remember walking in and I put it on the table and Tanya walks past it and she goes, what's that? And I said, well, that's just a list of job descriptions for Life Church. We need to help find some people for Pastor Mike. And she looks at me and she goes, we need to pray about that. But she goes, don't talk to me right now. It's December. A lot nicer than that. But she said, don't I talk. I think I said, let's not talk about it till after Christmas. <laughs> right. That's what she said. Don't talk about that right now until after Christmas. So in the meantime, the Christmas goes, goes by. And, and, um, and man, God, there would always be this sort of underlying restlessness. But that Christmas, for some reason, it really grew in me. And I tried on this mantle of, you know what? I'm just the servant. I'm just going to serve at Southgate. And I'm just going to stay here. And I'm not going to do... And, um, and I could just feel it. There was just something that God was stirring in me. Like, no, you can't, you can't just stay. Um, by the way, if God had called us to stay and to be faithful, I would have happily done it. Because we're in the center of God's will. And that's what it's all about. But there was something stirring. God was doing something. God was moving something. And then came January. So in early January, we, um, well, actually, pa- Matt met with Pastor Dave. <laughs> And, um, and we began praying and talking in early January and just, what does this mean? Why are we feeling this way? And I still wasn't thinking anything was really going to change. I was just like, I don't know. We're just, I don't know. There's a stirring. And, uh, I don't know what we were actually thinking. We were just talking and praying about it. And, um, so he meets with pastor Dave for breakfast. I'll tell this one. I met with pastor Dave for breakfast or pastor. And, um, and I, and I asked him, I said, pastor Dave, is there a place for us here at Southgate in the future? Do you see us in the future of Southgate? And Pastor Dave said, yes. And he outlined this awesome vision of where we could fit in at Southgate in the future. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. And I said, okay, that's great. And I said, hey, but by the way, I have this piece of paper from Pastor Mike at Life Church, And this piece of paper is this, this, these job opportunities and something stirring in our spirit. And, and should, should we pray about that? And I think Pastor Dave said, well, yeah, you, you can pray about that, but I, I hope you don't. And um, and I was like, okay. And so we prayed and we had a great meeting and I, and I left that meeting and I called up Tanya and I told her about everything. And he just, Hey, this is what pastor Dave said. He said that there's an opportunity here at Southgate. Doesn't that sound awesome? And also he did say that we could pray about life church as well. So as he's relaying the conversation and, um, telling me what pastor Dave's vision was and plan. Um, and of course you have to understand, I hate change. I like everything to stay the same. That's really, you know, it works. I like routines and rhythms and, uh, we were in a good one. Um, and, uh, we loved where we were at. And so this strain was making us restless. I was open. I'm, I mean, I'm open to the Lord. So whatever the Lord says, so that's where we were at. And, um, but as Matt was speaking and saying to, to me, what his conversation was with pastor Dave, right in my spirit, the Holy spirit said like immediately, like just grabbed me. He's like, that's not it. And I went, I literally, I think I went, and, and I was like, oh, I didn't say anything to him. I was like, oh gosh. And I had to wrestle it out with the Lord for a good two weeks before I even said anything to him about it. Cause I'm like, what does this mean? What do you mean? And, um, in the course of that couple weeks there in January, we're still praying. We're still having conversation. I haven't told him what I like felt cause I'm still trying to f- ask the Lord if that really was right. What he said to me. And so, um, 
and, uh, and you know, God was doing things. I don't know. Have you, I don't know if you've been in seasons in your life where the Lord is speaking through everything, trying to get your attention and you can't ignore it actually, even if you tried. And I did try for a little bit, but it's just so obvious. I mean, I, he has a birthday in January, Matt didn't, um, the, I, the Lord was telling me to buy him this book. We were in Indigo and it's so funny. Things like this don't happen all the time, but I bought him this book called There Is More, um, by Brian Houston from Hillsong Church. And it was, um, his story of how they started Hillsong Church. And it was about dreaming, dreaming big and daring to dream and, you know, your visions. And, and I didn't know why I was supposed to buy it for him, but I just did. And I said, you're supposed to read this. And this is like prophetic. This, this is like a prophetic thing for us. And so little seasons, like things like that. And, um, a big one. And this is kind of, if you've heard our story already, this is like the big thing is this clock story, the clock story. And, um, and this is the one that just really was crazy. I just, I was like, how, God, how can you do this? How can you speak through that? You're amazing. And, uh, we have this clock on our wall. It was a wedding present. Oh, there he is. He took a picture of it. It says on it, this moment is your life. This is a very special clock to me. It's big. It's a big clock on our wall. And it's come with us through our whole 15 years of marriage. We've been married for 15 years. And um, it was a wedding present. Um, I asked my friend to buy it for me because I really loved it. And so that's, and so it's been on our wall. And we've moved a lot in 15 years. And that poor fragile clock, because it's just wood with like, like metal hands on it. So it's kind of fragile. It has no glass top. I've like moved it on the front seat of my car every time we've moved because I just wanted it in each house. And every time it gets more fragile and Matt's had to like tighten up the screws on the, on the hands of the clock. And, um, two and a half years ago, it just kind of was done. Like I, we still had it hanging on our wall, but the two poor, the two hands would just like fall to six thirty, So it only was the right time twice a day. And, uh, and everyone would like, everyone who, our life group would be like, you still haven't fixed your clock. I'm like, I know, I know. And Matt said, there's nothing I can do about it. We're going to have to take it in. And um, we just didn't because we didn't do it. So it sat on our wall at 6.30 all the time. And uh, anyway, and you know, it was so my father-in-law, it was just this past Christmas. He was, they were over and he was like, you know, we have so many extra clocks. Like, do you want me to bring a clock that works and you could put on your wall. And I'm like, no, no, I love this clock. This is like, we'll get a, we'll get it fixed. So anyway, January, all this stuff is going on and we're actually sitting in an elders meeting in our home. And I look up at the clock on the wall and it's, it's working. And not only is it working, it's on time. It was 8.15. I remember correctly. It was 8.15. And I'm like, I'm nudging Matt and I'm like, the clock's working. He's like, look at this clock. And he's like, mm, whatever. And, um, and I'm like, just like, like so distracted by this fact that the clock that hasn't been working is working and it's on time and I just can't get over it. So we were talking about it after the meeting. I'm like, that's so weird. And the next day I'm doing things around the house and, and this clock is just, I'm like, what? And I just, I just had this, I don't know, the Holy Spirit speaking to me and I'm looking at this clock and I'm like texting Matt, did you fix it? Even though I knew he didn't fix it because I would notice if the big clock was off our wall. And, um, he's like, no, I didn't fix it. I asked my father-in-law if he did something one time when he was there. No, he hadn't. And I just felt the Holy Spirit speak directly to me and say, this, this is a prophetic declaration yep. over your home, over your family, over your lives. It's time. The time is go- is now and you're moving and you're going. And that clock <laughs> is still working. And I was really worried at daylight saving times in spring when we had to move it ahead. I'm like, oh, don't not work. <laughs> I was like, this is a really important clock. And it's still working. Um, so um, anyways, it's just, it's it was things like that. I'm just trying to see where we're going on this. And, um, and God just 
was just speaking and and there's there's through our we I meet with mentors and it was just a series and we started to in, invite our parents and and family into conversation and to get us to get them praying with us and it just was becoming and and I did tell Matt about two weeks later after that about his conversation with Pastor Dave that I had felt this, like the Lord say that's not right and in that wrestling that I did in January with the Holy Spirit um, I realized that it wasn't it wasn't even just that position wasn't right it was that our future wasn't at Southgate and I had to like come to terms with that and I told him that and we just continued to pray and do you want to tell the next part yeah so we continued to pray and and we weren't sure what it was what, what the next step was and so at that time I started to have a few conversations with Pastor Mike and I just call him up and say hey listen hey just so you know no promises but we're actually praying about this. Is that cool? <laughs> and he'd be Someone like, already filled the dog. Yeah, is there anybody there already? And, and he would say, no, you, you can pray about that. And so we're like, okay. And so we're praying about it. And, and then um, that culminated in around February where uh, somebody just randomly came up to us and gave us money. It, we were just tight at that time to go away, for the two of us to go away. And we had been so crazy. Life is just, you know, ballet, soccer, yada, yada. You just go, 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 go. And so somebody actually gave us some money. We were able to go away. I went downtown Vancouver, and I'll never forget this. We're sitting across from each other at this table with this beautiful food and this hot coffee, steaming hot coffee on a rainy day like today. Just perfect. And heavenly moment. And we're sitting there eating and looking at each other. And I looked at Tanya and said, okay, honey, where are we starting this conversation? What are we supposed to be talking about here? Are we starting back at we're called, but what does this look like? Or, or where are we starting this? And she stops, and she looks at me, and she says, Matt, we're supposed to go to Life Church. And I said, Whoa! Do you realize what you just said? And she's like, Yeah. And she's got tears in her eyes. And I'm feeling like this is a moment. I said, Honey, this is a big moment for us right here, right now. We got to remember this because God's shifting something. Just led into this amazing two days or a day and a half of, of just great conversation, really practical conversation and talking about strategy. There's so many steps that needed to be taken to get from point A to point B. First of all, we had to know if there's even an opportunity at Life Church still. Um, and, and, and then we had to know uh, what, what we were obviously concerned. We'd been at the same church for so many years, what the response would be of the people as we began to, to share this with them. And, and there was so many things that we were unsure of. So the first thing, of course, that I did is I, I called Pastor Mike, and I said, hey, this is kind of where we're leaning, but before we start stepping through these doors, these are big doors for us, we got to know that there's going to be something waiting for us on the other side. And so they had an emergency elders meeting, you know, three or four days of, of meeting together, of, of praying about it and talking, and they came back three or four days later and said, Matt, we're on board. Let's move forward. And so we said, okay. And so then we had to go and tell our pastor. And that was a big moment. And I remember sitting down for sushi. We do a lot of meals with people. It's good. We'd love to do some with you as well. Um, and like we sat eat? down. We like to eat. We sat down for sushi and, um, and we told Pastor Dave. And we were both like in tears. It was hard. It was, it was extremely hard. But we told him and the response was actually the same response that we received every single time, which is, I'm so sad, but I'm so excited about what God's doing in your life, and I can't deny it. That was the response 
And one after another, we would tell people, and we would get that same response. One of our elders, good friends of ours, Chris and Malin, we met them for coffee. And Chris, we told the story to him, and he was really quiet the whole time. And, and then at the end, he pulls out this piece of paper and goes, well, this is what God told me. And he threw it down on the table. He says, as I was driving, and God told me to write down this word, and on the paper was the word go. That God was already speaking to him. And God can, began to confirm it over and over and over again. And then came the big Sunday in June 2nd of last year, 2019, where Not we last stood. last year, just a few this, months ago. Sorry, a few months ago. Like three months ago. Three months ago. We stood in front of our church and we told them the same story. And we told them what God was doing. And do you know, church, that they gave us probably a two-minute standing ovation because they know our hearts and they know the call of God. And it was amazing. And it was just what the prophet had said, that when the timing was right, Everybody would be on board. Mm-hmm. Everybody would be on board. And uh, so as you can imagine, we, that season, we went through every emotion when God calls. I mean, but through it all, I mean, we grieved having to leave our church family that we were so close to. Um, we went through, oh, I can't believe we're doing this. I don't know if we could do this. Probably me more than him. <laughs> but um, we did go through all those. But through it all, um, there was just this quiet, confident assurance and just peace that this is exactly what we're supposed to do. So despite all the other emotions and the tears and the pain and the, oh, this hurts so bad, we knew, we knew that once we kind of got through all the pain of like grieving and the goodbyes, that there was so much good on the other side and, and waiting for us. And we knew that we were stepping into what God was calling us to when he brought us together when we got married, even, right? We knew that this was, and, and that's kind of in the sense that we've been feeling all along, that this is, this is like a big thing that we're stepping into. And, um, and so right now we want to like just take a moment just to highlight a few people and honor a few, few people because in this process, um, you know already, we have friends Steve and Jessica over here that um, have decided to come with us, but it was like a big thing. And we're, we're good friends with them, and I separately had coffee with Jessica. Matt separately was out for coffee with Steve at different, like within the same week or whatever. And we wanted to tell him there's a few people, I mean, besides all the leadership levels that we had to tell and go through, there was, you know, people that we wanted to share personally before we made the announcement in church. And uh, Steve and Jessica were two of those people, their family. And so we tell them and then about a week later, we're at their house for dinner and they say, well, no, we have an announcement for you guys. And they're like, we're coming with you. And I remember, yeah. I remember just being like, what? Yeah. You haven't even been here. <laughs> you don't know where you're going. And it was just the most amazing, um, humbling, wonderful feeling. I didn't actually realize that I f- felt kind of alone. I didn't actually feel that feeling until I realized or knew that they said they're coming along with us. And I'm like, we're not going to be alone, like going there. Like we're like, we're okay. And our kids, they have, they, their kids have friends. Um, their kids are our kids' age. Sorry. I'm not saying that clearly. And so that was really an answer to our, the mom and dad prayers of our hearts, you know, just to cover our kids. And, um, and so it was just, I mean, we were so blown away and so excited. And Steve and Jessica, we just want to say publicly in front of Life Church, in front of all the church, that we're so grateful that you're joining us on this journey. And we're really excited for what God has for you guys in this place. And we're really excited. Jance and Matt's parents, um, we also, they were right away, actually, like, I don't know, right away. Dad calls Matt and says, so, like, 
would you be okay if we came along with you guys? And, and we're like, yes, yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, because, I mean, they bring years and years and years of ministry experience and the relationship with the Lord. I mean, they've served the Lord all their lives. And um, we are so grateful that you are on this journey with us too. And we thank you and we honor you. And they are going to be as well such an asset to this church. And we are so confident in that. And we're so excited to have them along on this exciting adventure too. And for this church's next stage of their story, we're really excited. And and also Ashley White, now you, none of you will have noticed that she's here this morning, maybe not, but Ashley is sitting right there. And Ashley was actually one of our interns back when Matt was talking about our intern program that we led and many years ago. And um, she's, we've loved Ashley and, and she's been so dear to us all these years. And, and actually very recently, she's been, God as well, God's been having you on a journey for the last, all summer long, I think, but she just told us very recently that God has been loudly, kind of like us, to our story, telling her that she is to come here to this church and plug in and invest, and she is gold, you guys, everyone, and um, I, when I was sitting, having coffee with her, and I know her heart, I know her giftings, and it just like blew me away. I mean, she has a real strong heart for children's and youth. That was what she was, she was super involved at Southgate there and huge part in the pro, the ministries there. And I'm like thinking as I'm listening to her and I'm like, oh my goodness, like children's youth. Like she's just like, she's gold. This is amazing. God, what are you doing? This is exciting. And so we're excited to have you and thank you for following us over as well. You're part of this story too. Yeah. So I, I think there's three things we want you to know about this story. First of all, we're not here because of a job. We're here because we feel called. That's, that's a big difference. This, this isn't a job for us. This is a calling, and we're so excited to join you guys to become part of your family to build the kingdom of God. And do you know what God can do? Do you know what God can do? And do you know what he's going to do? He's always doing great things. And we believe for great things in this church. We believe for great things in every one of your lives. And we want to be here to encourage you, to strengthen you, to be an encouragement to you in every way that we can. Use every gift that God's given us to glorify him and help you to continue to grow in your faith. And you will help us to continue to grow in our faith as well. Um, Our hearts are to see God glorified through the church is the second thing. And third, we want you also to know that you're an integral part of our story. You might have been listening this morning going, well, what does this have to do with me? But I'm going to say this again. Because of your faithfulness, and you know who I'm talking to right now, because of your faithfulness, we're here today. And this story was able to take place. And we're so grateful for every one of you who have faithfully served and believed God for his kingdom and for his church. And now we get to be a part of that. It's so amazing. If you hadn't been faithful, then none of this would have happened. Can I just interject? Go for it, babe. This wasn't planned, but I just really, I felt this in um, pre-service prayer. But you know, we've, we sang this song last week at church, The Goodness of God. And I know that it's kind of just this anthem over the church as a whole in, you know, North America, probably the world right now. The goodness of God, you know, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And, uh, and then the bridge goes on to say, your goodness keeps running after, running after me. And at that, whenever the, that refrain just goes, it just gets me every time. I'm like, I didn't 
I couldn't see it coming. I didn't know that. And that's just like the story of our lives, but that's the story of your life too. It's the story of this church too. Like the goodness of God is running after you and running after us. And, and you can't run away from it actually. And it's the most amazing thing. And he is faithful and he is good. And if we can, if our story can encourage that and, and inspire and, and you and your story, and maybe you're, and he's going to go on to ex- go on and, after, and briefly go on in this, but, um, if you, the, our story can inspire you, even if you're thinking like, oh, I feel so restless right now, or oh, I feel like God is not speaking, or God is not moving, or I'm stuck, or, but you know what? God's goodness is continually running after you, and you may not see it right now, but press on, hold on, and because it's just, he's always faithful. He's so good. I was telling the woman on Friday night, that's just like my life anthem. And I think it's everyone's anthem. He is so good, so good. Amen. Okay, so I want to leave you just with two things, okay, you guys? You ready? We're going to go really quick. Can you hang with me for just a second? Okay, here we go. Number one, your life is a part of the story that God is telling. Your life. You might be saying, well, how does this apply to me? I want to tell you right now, God is writing a unique story about your life, and it fits into his overall plan and and narrative for the world around us. Your life is... Uh, is the part of the story that God is telling. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you give God the pen of your life, he will write an amazing story with you. In the book of Psalm 139, it says this. I'll read it out loud here. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me. I want to say that again. And in your book, all of your days were written in God's book. They were fashioned for me when yet and yet there were none of them. Before there is none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. God is writing a story with your life, but you need to give him the pen. You need to, Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know where you are right now in your story. Maybe you're in a, a tough place right now. I just want to encourage you. God is still writing your story. God is still writing your story. God is still writing your story, and the goodness of God is chasing after you. Number two, your story has power. Just give me a half a second on this one, okay, guys? Here we go. Your story has power. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this, and they overcame him, him being the devil, by the blood of the lamb... By the word of their testimony, and by loving not their lives unto death. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and by not loving their lives not unto death. The blood of the Lamb. That's God that's working in you. God is working in you even now, both to will and to do for his good purpose. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. But then by the word of their testimony. God has given you a unique story that has power. That has power. Let's just finish this off right here with John chapter 5. We're going to tell one quick story from the Word of God. One quick story, and then we're done. You guys with me? Can we do this? Okay, let's do it. Here we go. 
John chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Starting in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he was already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, sir. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it was the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them and he said, he made me well. He who made me well said, take up your bed and walk. And then they said, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Okay, now go with me here for just a moment. I want you to picture this. There's a man that has been waiting by a pool for 38 years. He has had a sickness and an infirmity. And during that time, he had lay on the porch in the same place, probably in the same position much of his life, in that same area on this smelly, old, probably disgusting bed. And he's lying there waiting for the water to be stirred. And every time the water be stirred, this is my year. This is going to be it. He would go to run down into that water. And of course, because of his infirmity, somebody else would beat him there. And he would go back to his smelly, disgusting old bed. And he would lie there. And one day Jesus comes to him and says, hey, do you want to be made well? And immediately what he does, he starts to make excuses. Well, I want to, but I can't get down to the water. And, that, and, that, and, that. and that's not what Jesus asked him. He says, do you want to be made well? And the man responds, yes. And he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get up. I want you to pick up your bed. Your smelly, old, disgusting bed. And I want you to begin to walk with it. And be made well. And the man does it. He obeys. He stands up. The infirmity is gone. He's healed. And he rolls up this smelly, stinky old bed that for 38 years had been the sign of his infirmity. Had been a memory of his lack that he couldn't do it, that he couldn't make it, that he couldn't, he couldn't do it. And Jesus had him come onto this thing that had dominated him. That had kept him from the water, kept him from the healing. And he picks up this mat and he rolls it up and he puts it up on his shoulder as a sign of domination over this thing that had dominated him for so many years. Why? Because the blood of the lamb came. Because Jesus came. And he brought change into his life. And now all of a sudden this thing that had dominated him for so many years, this mat, this, this bed, this smelly, stinky old bed, now became a sign of the goodness of God in his life. This is the story that God was using to glorify his name. And what happened immediately afterwards? People noticed it. Hey, why are you carrying that thing? Why do you have that thing? And this is what he was able to say, because there's a man named Jesus who saved me. 
And I want to tell you this morning, church, that there are things in your life that have dominated you, that have held you down. There are things in your life like this mat that have become smelly and old and stinky. And what the, the, what, the, what, the, what the Spirit of God wants to do is He wants to come in, and the glory of God is always revealed in restoration. And He wants to restore your life, and so that thing that once dominated you now becomes your story and your testimony. And the Bible says that they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus calls, said, get up, now you can walk. It was the grace of God that allowed him to do it. But then what? By the word of their testimony. That mat that once dominated you now becomes your story. This is what God has done in my life. This is what God has done in me. And this thing that once dominated me now becomes my testimony. And it gives glory to God. It gives glory to God. And then they love not their lives unto death. It's not about us. Man, church, I hope if there's one thing that you picked up this morning, I really hope you hear this and you hear our hearts. This isn't about us. It's not. We're not trying to tell you a story to say, hey, look how great we are. Not at all. At all. This is to give glory to Jesus. Look what he has done. And so this morning as a response, I'd ask you all just to, for a moment, just to bow your heads. Just to close your eyes. And I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that says, I need to give the pen of my book back to God. I think it's natural and I think we're prone as human beings to take, uh, to take the control when we feel uh, like we're out of control. But what God asks us to do is to give it to him and to trust him. Do you believe this morning that he is writing a great story with your life? I asked this morning that the Holy Spirit would come and work in your heart and reveal to you what he's doing. I pray for the eyes of your heart would be enlightened that you would know what are the hope of your calling. What is the riches of the inheritance of the saints? And I ask this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would work in each heart. Help us to see beyond where we are. Help our vision to be raised up. And help us to see your hand in our lives. This morning, just as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want to know, is there anybody here this morning that says, I want to give the pen of my life to God? You haven't done it before. You haven't done it recently. And you say, I just want to do that this morning. I just want to give it back to him. You just put your hand up wherever you are. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give it to you, Lord. Oh, we give it to you. You are worthy, Lord. Yes, you are. So we give it to you. Give it to you, Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my soul, Lord. I give it to you. Give it to you, give it to you, 
Jesus is yours. Yes, it's yours. God, it's yours. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, because of your goodness, Lord. Because of your goodness, Lord, I gladly bow my knee to you. And I give you all my life, Lord. I give you my failures and my all my weaknesses, Lord. They're yours. Yes, they're yours, God. Let them give glory to your name, Lord. Give glory to your name. Jesus, I just pray this morning, God, that you would take what we have. God, our brokenness, our smelly, old, stinky mats has dominated us, Lord God. And I pray that you would use it for your glory because that's what you do. God, we pray that you'd be glorified in every area of our lives. We give you the pen of our heart. We give you the pen of our life and our book. And we say, God, you can write it. Do whatever you want to do. Father, Life Church belongs to you. We are yours. We ask this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I think we should just stand and, as we say in church sometimes, give the Lord a great hand, but I think we should give a hand to Tanya and Matt as well. There's a lot to be said, but let me just ask you as someone who has maybe a word to say to you in your life, if you're part of this church, let's have a habit Let's make it a habit to always respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It's not just let let God's move or the word of the Lord come to us and then we just kind of lay it off to the side. But let's let's grip, let's grip what God. It's time to it's time to close the service now. And uh, if you would like personal prayer, we have people that will pray with you at the front, just on either side. Uh, the coffee's on. And so we can still enjoy some good fellowship together. But uh, there's there's a scripture that just I just want to share with you as as a blessing. It's it's very simple. It says, "Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being here. Amen.